0: Angie and Carly, two moms with two kids and two different types of cancer, lung and breast. They first met back in 2003 as AmeriCorps Promise Fellows in Boston, Massachusetts as struggling college graduates trying to find their way. Fast forward 16 years later, Angie's in Switzerland and Carly's in London, and they find their friendship reunited by cancer. Join these moms as they navigate through what it takes to heal themselves while raising kids in an expat world. Angie. Hi,
1: Carly.
0: How's it Hi. How's it going then?
2: I'm good. I've, I have my cousin with me, Jenny B.
0: Oh, Jenny B. So you've got Angie B and Jenny B together. I like it. Hi, Carly. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? How uh, are you enjoying your time in Switzerland? I am enjoying myself. Really glad that I
1: was able to make it out. How are yes. you doing? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm good. Actually, I am good. I'm having my nighttime coffee. That's what we. That's what we do when we podcast. Just oh, basically... we're having
2: we're having our nighttime tea, ginger and turmeric.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, that's very organic sounding, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we also
2: have some some cookies. Um, no, not cookies. Um, these uh gulf, as they say in French. Uh,
0: what
2: would okay
0: waffles yeah like, but like belgium belgium waffles oh. yeah oh those are those are nice actually i i I think i've i think starbucks actually sells like a one yes. of those like caramel waffle sort of things
2: exactly. So, exactly like that exactly
0: oh, very nice exactly. yeah so how do you say that in french then scoff Goff. Goff. okay i'll have to <laughs> practice another time might take a while <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, so what have you guys been up to then? Cousin visiting? Well, we're, we're
2: on lockdown in Switzerland
0: because uh,
2: Geneva has the highest rate of infections in all of Europe, including London, which is, like,
0: shocking. Oh. Wow, yeah. you've passed us. So are you on, like, full-blown lockdown now, then? How is it?
2: Um, Yeah, in the sense, well, like, the kids still go to school. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. But That's everything good. else is shut, so there's no... The only things that are open are um, supermarkets, but all the stores are closed, all the restaurants are closed, all the nightclubs and everything. The, everything is shut down. Um, okay. I like so, how you. Added in,
0: I like how you added in the nightclubs. Yeah,
2: you know I'm a party party animal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> with, you know, with your lights on all night right
2: um exactly. yeah I I wouldn't know I don't know the last time I went to a nightclub <laughs> I
0: can't think of the last time I went either <laughs> anyway yeah so you're you're joining the lockdown 2.0 club I guess yeah yeah you're in it. I mean it's, in pretty it. much, it's pretty much the same here so basically we can just um you know do the essential shops like supermarket that sort of a thing but I mean I think you mentioned like the main thing really is that the children are in school. For me, that is just essential. How about you? Um, yes,
2: yes, yes. I mean it's it's not like the summer where we had to homeschool them. Um but I don't know, <laughs> with the numbers going up as they are, there are no more beds in the hospitals available. Really? Um, oh man. Yeah. So they, you know, if it's if it keeps going up like that, they might have to uh shut down the schools too. But we'll we'll wait and see.
0: Yeah, we yeah. will wait and see. Yeah. But so I got I
2: got my the... I got my flu shot yesterday.
0: Okay. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> yeah, got it. <laughs> I oh, could, I did also... you feel Did you feel in your arm a little bit after? You're right. Just no, little... I'm,
2: I'm, I'm okay actually. That's not even the part that hurt. I got a biopsy yesterday. Oh so, wow! A bi-
0: biopsy.
2: <laughs> I've had three biopsies in three weeks. I think that's a record. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that for you that is a record, isn't it? I mean, you're breaking records really. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it's a record you really want to break, but you're doing yeah. it. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> um, so what sort of biopsy did you have this time then?
2: So this was for a lump on in my breast. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did like a mammogram and You know, I'm I'm since I'm a member of the itty bitty titty committee. (laughs) Same, same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The uh, the mammogram didn't really work, Um, so then they did an ultrasound and they still, you know, couldn't really see.
0: So then they did another
2: ultrasound and, you know, they saw the lump, but they weren't too happy with how it looked like. So they said, okay, we're gonna do a biopsy just to cover all our bases.
0: Oh yeah. you didn't have yeah. the mammogram to back it up then basically did
2: you yeah yeah so i had yeah i had a mammogram two ultrasounds and a biopsy all
0: uh, yesterday yeah. and um i had i have to wait for the results
2: on uh monday so like it's try not to be you know too nervous about it and you know the last two biopsies i had where i had a huge lump on my back yeah and where the- my oncologist was like certain that it was like a cancerous tumor cell and it turned out not to be which was a huge relief So I'm hoping that this one is also the same. So
0: Yeah, yeah. It also sounds like maybe they struggled with the mammogram, so they had to back it up by ultrasound. But ultrasound doesn't always show the clear picture. Mm -hmm. They've got nothing to compare to. So hopefully it's nothing sinister and nothing to worry about. Um, Obviously, I think when we started podcasting, well, it was just about like a year ago now, I think. Yeah, it's been a year. Yeah, very exciting! Woohoo! Oh, oh, and we have a thousand
2: <laughs> listens, so thank you, audience. Yeah, listening. I think it's over a thousand now, Angie.
0: Over a thousand. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, um, it's amazing. But um, yeah, especially because we haven't really done too many shows, have we? Yeah. <laughs> but we, um, we
2: need to we need to be more consistent. We're we're working yeah, on it. We're working on we're it. We're
0: working on it. Yeah, but the um, what was I saying? Actually, you know me. I'll oh, forget.
2: you said you said you said a year ago. Um.
0: Oh, wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> you, I,
2: I, I've got the chemo brain, too.
0: Okay. Anyway, I'll change the subject, though. But, like, the experience that you had um, with your, like, one-stop shop for your, like, mammogram, ultrasound, that sort of a thing, that was mm-hmm. supposed to be the experience that I was meant to have. Like, it was all meant to happen on one day, <laughs> and it uh-huh. didn't. But, obviously, that, that sort of delayed my diagnosis. So, when you told me that you've had them all in one day, Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that it's nothing sinister, and they're just checking because they couldn't do a mammogram properly—that sort of a thing, which that does yeah. happen. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that it's, you know, it's, um, you know, it's—you'll get the results quickly, and nothing will be delayed. Um, just to sort of keep yeah. your mind at ease, really, because uh, anxiety is a bit, bit tricky, isn't it? Sort of yeah, thinking, for sure. sort of things, and so on and so forth. Anyway, yeah, since, we since will since have
2: Jenny to was, get- wait, 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 wait. Since Jenny was here. She was yeah. able to like document like you know film my day cuz it was like a packed day. So okay, yeah. I have a lot I have tons of footage like at the hospital taking the tests and everything. So okay. I will be uh trying to make like a video or something behind the scenes so we can put on our Instagram at Mommy had a little cancer. So Yeah.
0: the behind the scenes of all this stuff. Yeah, it'd be good to see just behind the scenes, especially in a in a COVID world where you are on full lockdown. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Share it. Obviously, seeing what Sorry, you're doing. I, interrupt,
2: so. I interrupted you. So you, well, that's okay.
0: you know, us, at this time of night, Andrew, we lose our train of thought altogether. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, let's uh, let's hand it over to Jenny. Why don't we um, get her brain <laughs> working a little bit? Um, so, Jenny, what are you all about then? What do you do? And uh, yeah, tell us about yourself. Well, at least me anyway, you know, Angie, because she's, you know.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for the invitation to chat with the two of you. Um, I love yeah. the podcast. I love what you're doing. I think it's really important to be able to have these conversations um, in real time, which is what you guys are doing. So Absolutely. it's definitely a blessing. Um, Angie and I have known each other for almost 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes, we were. We're five days apart. We're twin cousins what? we call ourselves twin cousins because yeah, we're cousins. Born, I've known her literally my whole life.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> for, for almost forty years. I love it. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, um, Jenny. We do talk about our age on the show. It's okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a source of pride. Um, so my background is in mental health and public health. I've been in the public health field in a variety of roles for over 14 years. Okay, cool. So I'm um, starting off in uh, adolescent health. I've worked in foster care. Um, oh, foster okay. care. That's Carly's jam. Oh,
0: well, that's okay. my jam. Yeah, that's my jam. <laughs> for another time, Jenny. <laughs> oh, that's
1: awesome. Are you a foster parent?
0: Oh no! I used to work for a mentoring program for adopted and foster oh. youth um, back in Boston oh. back in the day. Yeah,
2: that's how me and Carly met. Oh,
0: yeah, man. that's how we met. Yeah, that's it. That is it. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Mind.
1: No, that, that's excellent. The work is so instrumental. Like I, I definitely want to adopt when I'm ready. Um, yeah, but that was that was what kicked off my um, public health career, and then I went into working into a, in a hospital setting. Um, long story short, currently I am a uh, site director for a uh, multidisciplinary holistic community health center. That's a mouthful. Basically, yeah. we make sure that we're um, we have three large sites. Our my site is the largest, and then we have two smaller sites in um, underserved communities in the Philadelphia area. And I've been in that role for two years.
0: Okay, cool. Um,
1: yeah, it's really amazing. One of the things that drew me to the role was that it is a holistic approach. And so we do have mind-body offerings, just like you are talking about the one-stop shop. Yeah. Instead of having the community members who we know there's sometimes issues with transportation or access or even a lot of language barriers, our location, um, we have a lot of folks that immigrated from countries in Africa and the Caribbean. And so okay. there's just a lot more barriers to um, getting connected to health. And so we offer primary care um we have maternity uh services we've got uh dental we have behavioral health we have social work we have a community health worker and so it really is you know we can't do everything Mm -hmm. but we can certainly connect you guide you support you as needed
0: right yeah i think
1: that's what's great about being in um in our setting, we really try to bring a level of high quality care. So I was totally drawn to it. Um, and uh, in twenty a few years ago, how long have I? When did I? 2017. I um also uh got my degree in uh couple and family therapy, and so okay. I am a therapist as well. And my specialty is couples. Okay. And um I loved it, loved it, loved it. And I did have a private practice for a while, and um, had to pivot when I got this role, mm-hmm. which really helped me to kind of blend my public health and mental health background. So that's where I am now. Um, and so what's interesting with uh, Angie's cancer diagnosis, right? One of the clinical rotations that I did was at the cancer center. It's a hospital that actually um, no longer exists in Philadelphia. It's been about a year or so. Okay. It was in a much more big community, but basically my role as a family therapy intern for that year was to support the patient through their cancer diagnosis journey.
0: Wow. That was amazing. amazing. It was
1: intense. It really was Carly. um, I think that was my real, you know, we've had family members that have been diagnosed with cancer. Angie was the first person that I was this like, super close with where it was you know yeah where it impacted me so deeply and it was in real time you know usually it's like oh the person's older there's just a disconnect there was zero mm-hmm. disconnect here <laughs> yeah. it was like oh this we is
2: have cancer. it cancer <laughs> like yeah that, you know,
1: in my, in my, at first in my mind that's, it, it I mean was she really... was the first
2: person I called when I got the diagnosis yeah, yeah. And I like this remember like us like bawling our eyes out together oh. on facetime yeah like when I got you know the diagnosis and and her and my sister like booked a yeah. flight that like, evening that evening oh, wow. that evening they were on a plane from new york yep. to geneva Aww. and they were there like before and i had to have surgery the next day and they were there before i even had surgery like, you
0: know,
1: like that, so yeah.
2: oh that's, so that's amazing
1: <laughs> yeah it's a blessing and a privilege to be able to do that, you know. So I definitely acknowledge um, just the level of uh, privilege to be able to hop on a plane same day. Like I think you called around lunch. The yeah, was at six. <laughs> I mean, it also helped that my sister was a flight attendant. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yep.
2: we just yeah, they just got and on I the plane and <laughs> it all works out, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And the folks at my job and my supervisor at the time was very supportive and. I let her know what was going on and it was just, I had to do what
0: I had to do. Yeah. So that must've been, must've been quite different. So obviously you, um, you were in sort of a cancer center with someone from like diagnosis to where they are, you know, wherever they are on their journey or what have you. But what did you feel or how did you feel when it was actually like a family member, like Angie? Um, uh, what were your thoughts at that time? Just sort of going through your head
1: shock disbelief um I mean it's a mix of emotions at first I think it just feels very surreal Mm -hmm. and then you just kind of I know for me I jump into helper mode and okay what needs to be done caretaking mode obviously a lot of concern for um the two children my goddaughter and her brother and just making sure that the family's okay. So I kind of like fall into a role. Like, okay, what needs to be done? And I remember being very protective of Angie because mm. I felt like, and that's something that, you know, I think is in constant work, especially as she continues her healing is to not try to, to be mindful of not um, infringing upon yeah. her autonomy. Like she's not frail. You know what I mean? She's not just dis- like, yeah, but I think like my protective nature just really kicked in and Really wanting to set limits on, like, people coming to see her. We had conversations about (laughs) energy conservation. Like, every time someone would come in the room, they would expect Angie to, like, rehash the entire story of her diagnosis. And I'm like, if I'm feeling drained from listening to it over, like, Mm. how is Angie feeling telling it over and over again? And so, right? oh, my goodness, just telling people like hey watch your energy putting signs on the door we oh yeah signs, yeah we like...
2: made the room we made the room like a dorm room we had, <laughs> we had a sign on the door that said positive vibes oh, <laughs> I love but, it. Vibes. <laughs> and then they had like pictures all over the room like I you know like of my family affirmations. and affirmations like I'm strong I can do this and mm. you know just like and then the nurses would come in and like look at my room and be like oh my goodness you yeah. like moved in here
1: yeah <laughs> I we just, it wasn't even that we wanted to avoid any, because I wanted Angie to definitely feel her feelings, but it seemed like people, and I understand, right? Like people process things differently. Um, but the way it looked like to me, there was a lot of expectation because Angie carries a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's like the listening person. She holds a lot of space for a lot of people. Mm. And it's hard for that to pivot. Some of the other folks that came in, you could tell, they just turned into, what do you need, Angie? I got you, food, da 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 so some of those friends really kicked into high gear which I'm super grateful for like yeah I knew it was in good hands mm-hmm. and then some other folks just needed reminders <laughs> just like hey it's not about you and <laughs> it's not okay to come and cry <laughs>
0: like, oh, yeah like,
2: like I had to console some people <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm the one with the cancer here. Like, um. It's not the time. It's not the time. I need you to keep that into yourself
0: <laughs> actually that I mean just I mean saying that that it that sometimes can be a bit awkward really when like, yeah, I, I remember when people had told, you know, I had told people or what have you, and then they would start kind of crying for me, <laughs> which was right. which is okay. But then I started telling them, like, it will be okay, <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> um, you know, that sort of a thing. I think it's, it's one of those, it's the way that people kind of react to what have you. But it, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know how to describe it. They mean well, don't they? They mean well. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: They yeah. mean and well. Sometimes that's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I think is- yeah, but I think maybe I would be worried if some people didn't show any emotion though. I'd <laughs> be like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> but yeah. True. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah, a certain yeah. level of it, right? There's a certain level of it. Yeah. Yeah. So you have this whole boundary. You have this whole dorm room vibe going on. That sounds fab actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fab.
2: Yeah, I mean cuz I was posted up in the hospital for like 3 months yeah. before the diagnosis. So yeah. that's it. I was just like, yeah.
0: Yeah. It was like your house, wasn't it, Andy? pretty much? Um, yeah. Yeah, so along, so obviously you were in a situation, um, Jenny, where you kind of didn't know the patients or didn't have that tie to them. And then obviously with Angie, you did. Um, what are some of the like key things that you would sort of either mention or suggest or what have you that would either help like a cancer patient or possibly the cancer patient's family or children just going on that journey? Um, having seen it, you know, from start to fruition and obviously experiencing it live um, with Angie, what would be like your top tips or advice or anything along those lines? Tricky question. Yeah, there's so many things. Yeah, yeah, no,
1: there's definitely levels to it. Um,
0: you one, and I know. It is,
2: huh? I said, levels to it, you and I know.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so many levels. I mean, I think the first thing is, it is very tempting to try to steer the person's emotions, which is, again, like I mentioned, you really wanting to be mindful of that. Mm. So really creating space for Angie to feel her own emotions, even if I wasn't comfortable with it or whatever it was, right? So whatever it is that she needed, whether it was, do you want me to remind you to put in a um, coping tool or whatever it is, but just not trying to micromanage her feelings about this. Yeah. And so I think sometimes with, you know, even with the stuff in the dorm, it wasn't necessarily about trying to act like everything was okay because it's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there are a lot of conversations about really allowing her to process what's going on, really feel it, you know, um, being in the moment. Okay. Now, how do we move forward? Just having some really dynamic conversations. And it wasn't just like a hip, hip, hooray type of, yeah, you, know, you can do it. Like, it wasn't just all of that. Yeah. Um, because you know, if it doesn't get processed, things get stuck. And that just felt really hard. So, I think one of the things I learned is a validation of of, uh, Angie's experience and also the people I was working with validating their experience, validating the fear and uncertainty, Mm -hmm. and someone being able to give voice to that. Because even if you have like a team of people around you, it can feel very isolating. Like no one is in your body going through what you're going through. And it's very it's very easy and also tempting because people want you to be well. For people to project things onto you and try to kind of use you're so strong is like a, uh, you know, it's meant to be positive, but then you feel very restricted, you know, in how you can display your emotions. And so, you know, there were tears, there were moments of gratitude also, there were moments of despair, there were. You know, you just have to ride the roller coaster. Yeah. So that's one, like moving a room. Mm,
0: And I think you you brought out like a really good point, actually, because oftentimes, I mean, I've heard from various people and I've often felt myself, and I think Angie and I have sort of talked about it, where you can kind of be like in a room surrounded by lots of people on the cancer healing journey, and yet you can still feel alone. Um, And I think what you mentioned just about the validation and just sort of giving you know, that person, that moment, just to process it, to to feel, to really feel, you know, really feel what they're going through um, and just to kind of like get it out without projecting, you know, what, what, you know, say what the other person would be thinking or what someone would be thinking. Um, it really just, I think, makes a difference really to help somebody not feel like they're alone, even though they're surrounded by lots of people, if you get me.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely absolutely um I really do feel like unless you walk that journey you really don't have any idea how you would react or which parts of you would show up or whatever it is so
2: yeah like I I remember like you know when the doctor like the pomologist came to my room and told me you know that it's like stage four lung cancer Mm. like my first initial reaction was just like this is not going to be the thing that kills me. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't know where that came from. Like it, it, and I don't know like why that was like my first, you know, like, you know, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight this. This is not going to be. And I didn't think that, you know, I could be that like resolute. And so just like, you know, like, okay, you know, this is like the the most horrible news I could hear, but you know what, like, this is, uh uh-uh. This
1: is not how it's gonna end.
0: Yeah, and... yeah, I felt
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny that you, Angie says that because mm-hmm. literally, after like after the tears and the shock and packing up, going to the airport, I just remember having that feeling too of like, no, this isn't the story. Like, it just <laughs> didn't feel correct. I don't yeah. even know how to explain yeah. it. I know life doesn't always, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like. you know what I mean like I know this is gonna be a long road ahead but this ain't it
0: yeah Yeah. it's almost it's almost like that sort of I guess it would be oftentimes they say like you know you're on a cancer warrior or cancer journey or whatever and then it is I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's part of that pressure where you feel like you have to be strong or but then you're like yeah I'm I'm not Mm -hmm. going down it's not taking me down like a movie you know like what you see in the movies really mm-hmm. this is not how I'm going out you know I, I agree with that Andy yeah I agree with that yeah so yeah. I think I mean yeah just making that point about validation and sort of processing those feelings and ex- experiences and just sort of being there is definitely one, one thing to do um any other top tips yeah. particularly with like children or <laughs> um yeah, I guess with children, actually, because Angie and I both have kids, and we're kind of navigating the whole parenting with children experience, or parenting with children, obviously, sorry, <laughs> parenting with cancer. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's my joke, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: like, you could be, be a pet parent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can be, it's true, it's true, it's true. But obviously, navigating, I think, one's own cancer journey whilst parenting children, Um I think can be quite tricky, actually. Um, So any top tips in that area, just, you know, even if it's something just sort of, you know, talking about diagnosis with the children or helping with anxiety or fears or anything along those lines?
1: Yes, this was a huge conversation for us as well because at that time, uh, Angie and her husband hadn't quite decided how they were going to tell the children or what to tell the children. And so a lot of the conversations we had and the resources I shared were how to be as straightforward as Mm -hmm. possible because children, I mean, I think parents do basically the equivalent of gaslighting kids quite often, and they do it with the um, intention of protecting them. And we basically invalidate their felt sense of things, right? They know things aren't right. They know it's not just a germ. They know it's not something that's their whole life flips upside down. And then the expectation is that, you know, we're trying to keep them in this bubble. And so a lot of the conversations we had was yes, like using the cancer word. Right, okay. Yeah. We had to decide, right. okay, are we going, are we actually going to use yeah, this? I sent like a bunch of articles. i was yeah. like, yes, please don't leave the kids hanging because imagine hearing it from another, a teacher that says something like it's such a betrayal. You just, you don't yeah. want that. It's gonna come out. They're gonna. They've been hearing it here and there. You know, kids have big ears. So you're saying, so say um, that
0: yes, so- it is cancer. I've got cancer. Say that. Be yeah. clear about it, just so they don't mm-hmm. find out from yeah, someone be else. Yeah, honest with
2: them. And, and mind you, my kids, my kids were four and six when I was diagnosed. Yeah. So, you know, I was just like, oh, like, what does a four-year-old know about cancer? But it was, it was important that for us that we were as, as truthful and honest as possible. To the extent that they could understand right
0: yeah you know? yeah. yeah and i mean i w- with that i think yeah. i found that sort of books kind of helped uh, me so abby was only nine months old so she didn't quite get things i think she only noticed things really when i wasn't around because she was a bit of a mommy's girl and still is actually but um you know she um you know she missed me in that aspect or she could probably sense when i'm not around or you know like if someone else was looking after her or what have you and then with my three and a half year old at the time, I think um, sort of books kind of helped me through that process. Like there was a book called Mommy's Lump. That was quite helpful just to sort of get those sort of words out and allow her to ask questions or what have you or just to kind of have a better sense of things. That sort of helped me. What about you, Angie? Did books yeah. help you or were you just sort of, did you just talk it out?
2: Um, okay.
0: Me. <laughs> okay. Oh. Like,
2: she, she, sent me, she sent me, yeah, tons of resources okay. about like how to sit down with your kids and, scripts. and and I mean, we, I, I basically, we basically saved my kids years and years of therapy okay. because when we did, when we did tell yeah. them my, um, uh, my, uh, so my daughter thought that she had given me cancer because she was sick <laughs> and that, you know, and I had, you know, I was like coughing like nonstop like for months and months. And so she's just like, oh, and she, you know, it's like you got you got your cold from me, and then your cold turned into cancer. So it's my fault that I gave you oh, cancer. Oh, it's heartbreaking. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like imagine it had we not had this conversation, she would have held that yeah. on. Yeah, you know, for oh, who knows? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's that's um, so you know, there's that, and then also like with their expectations mm-hmm. too, like not saying that everything, you know, mommy has cancer, but everything's gonna be mm-hmm. all right. That also is not, you know, like you have to be honest with them and just be like, you know, we're going to take this one day at a time. You know, the doctors are here to help. Um, There are going to be times that, you know, mommy's going to be sicker than than usual or like even, you know, when I had to like go through my chemo, um, you know, telling them that, you know, I'm going to lose my hair and they were part of the process or, you know, that like they have to stay away when they have colds so that like because my immune system is low and you know, and they love to cuddle and stuff, so that was hard for them, like, oh, you know, we want to cuddle, like, why can't we, but, you know, that they know, yeah, mommy, mommy, you know, has cancer, and she's sick, so, you know, these are some of the things that we can't do at the moment when she's going through the chemo, but it was just, like, always a right. conversation, and, you know, they would ask, you know, like, can kids get cancer, do kids go through chemo, and it's always, and then, like, you know, my my son, he would ask, like, um you know, like, can like well I'm lucky because I'm the youngest so I'm gonna die last (laughs) (laughs) and and, you know they start thinking about like death and stuff and they're like you know well who's gonna take care of us when you die (laughs) and I'm like oh okay we're we're already we're already there well yeah that's that's (laughs) moving on quickly isn't it (laughs) like Let's escalate it yeah, quickly. Yeah, let's <laughs> quickly. Let, let's bring it back a little bit. Mommy's still here, okay? Mommy's not dead yet. And, you know, yes, everybody dies, but, you know, I'm still here. But, yeah, just having these... They, they're so open, like, we're yeah. talking about it. And they... Right. Yeah, and they're not afraid to talk to me about it and to ask questions, so... Right.
1: Yeah. yeah, Not anymore, right? Because I think um sometimes when the kids stay silent, <laughs> it can be... Uh, enticing to just be like, okay, well, they're not saying anything. So they must be okay. But really, it's the onus is on the parents to open up those conversations and make space for those conversations and just initiate it so that the kid knows that it's okay to talk about it, that it's not taboo, that it's uh, welcome, and that they can talk about feelings and all of that and validating that. Like you said, Angie, I know, is it feel scary? How do you feel today? Just like really getting into it. And now the kids, because they're used to having those conversations, mm-hmm. they're able to, they're so well-adjusted. They're well-adjusted children, period. So yeah. that's a bonus. They're very intelligent and very emotionally attuned. But they even understand the difference between like a cure and remission because, you know, mm-hmm. Angie's shared with them like, okay, so I'm done with this. Okay, so you don't have chemo anymore. Now you're just taking this. And just the way that they've been able to educate the children and, um, they feel part of it. They feel part of the family. Still. Yeah. And I think when people try to exclude kids from the whole cancer journey, you're excluding them from a part of a fam- the family or an element of the family uh, yeah. dynamic.
0: And they can feel that. Yeah, that's that's actually a good point. Like with my two, because they were a little bit younger, I guess you could say, um, they were sort of always around. So I did try and explain things to them. But I must say, actually, now that they're in school or both in school or what have you, there, I said it, Andy. I feel like, um, I feel like it. You're, you're, you're good, though. Yeah, I'm acknowledging it. We're talking about it. But um, the um, I almost feel, actually, for me, it's, um, I'm happy that they're in school. Like, if I have an appointment, just because I don't have to necessarily tell them. And I, I don't always, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. when they're in school. Like, I had a blood test today. And obviously, they saw the bandage on my arm or what have you. So, I talked about it with them. But I didn't say, oh, yeah, I did say I was going for a blood test, but then obviously they like to take the bandages out. But I don't think I include them in the process as much now that they're in school because they don't really see the behind the scenes as much. Um, So I guess the question Mm -hmm. I have around with that is, should I or should I just sort of tell them, you know, if they happen to be around and they know that I'm going to the doctor and things like that?
1: Yeah, I think that would, that's where your intuition and just the boundaries yeah. come, you know, where I don't think they need to be involved in every lab test or we're yeah. for results. Like they don't need that. Yeah. Yeah. Anxiety, that's, yeah, you know okay, I mean? yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But if you're going to be going to the hospital or there's a major change or even just like, Oh, I'm feeling well today. Like talking about the days that you mm. do feel good, things like that. But you're right. I don't think that my new show of it all is necessary. Yeah. For them. yeah. Um, but like you said, just coming home with bandages that's a conversation right yeah glaze over if they ask yeah yeah yeah
0: okay cool yeah they Um, love to take off the bandages that's the job so they can watch me go ouch
2: (laughs) oh i thought my kids are the same like yesterday too like i had i had three bandages in like different
0: places it's like a dream isn't it it's a gold mine
1: (laughs) yeah
0: that is a gold mine for the bandages Yeah. yeah so that's um that's really helpful because i think a lot of times people just kind of struggle with these conversations and also um just really not knowing what to do it's almost like talking about sex i guess with the bird you know the birds and the bees really (laughs) with children which i'm not there yet but um you know it's that sort of you know it just sort of makes people kind of wonder how do i talk about this how do i address this and i think you address that well but you know
2: what it's not even just kids
0: oh true true yeah
2: like like, I mean, I know so many people that hide their cancer diagnosis from, you know, like they keep it very like, you know, within themselves or like even their family members don't know. And or we find that, you know, like we had a family member who like, you know, who didn't tell anyone and it wasn't and she only reached out to me after I started like, you know, posting on Facebook and just like being very yeah. open about it. And then she, like, she came to me and said she had the same exact diagnosis. Okay. And, like, to the film. I was like, what? And, yeah, but that's, like, common. Like, you don't hear about it until after, until, like, they've either passed or they're on, in remission. And it's, it's, it is taboo. It's, it's taboo just like sex. And
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, I think I agree with that. Like, when, yeah, some people might have died of cancer and you don't find out till after the fact and you, I sometimes think, oh, I wish I would have yeah. known or what have you, you know, how could I have helped or what have you. Um, but yeah, that sometimes, mm-hmm. um, I guess it's just sort of people's own I guess, thoughts, feelings and, and so on and so forth. But I think, I mean, by you and me sort of talking about it more, it's definitely kind of helped me because I was a bit closeted, so to speak, or I didn't talk about it as much. Um, but I feel actually much more open now, having chatted with you, Angie. So thank you for that. Um, but um, obviously, <laughs> I told my family. My mom would not be happy if I didn't tell her. <laughs> but um, you know, I wasn't like that. Yeah, so not yeah. very, not closed, closed. But you know, not open, open, so to speak. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, I mean, there, there, are two, there are two extremes to it. Yeah, you know. yeah, you were
1: saying. Yeah. So that's that's a fine line. I mean, it's. Uh, you know and I think this is another element mm. of the journey what does safe disclosure mm. look like to you and to whom like it does matter um you don't owe anybody like the details of your life especially if it's going to be draining for you but and also I'm a fan of processing things for yourself or at mm-hmm. least for myself first before I let a lot of other voices in you know I'll confide in like a group of just like really close people and then you know I may kind of share a little bit more because everybody's got something to say everybody's got uh, a intervention or this or that and I find that sometimes when you don't leave room for your own thoughts and feelings that you can really get overwhelmed by other people and so Angie and I had a lot of conversations about that too where you know Angie shares yeah like that's her nature right she's very open about her life even before the diagnosis and i did have i had reservations and i had fears i was like you know it felt to me and again this is the whole trying not to micromanage but also being protective i'm like you're not even making room for yourself you don't owe anybody anything they can just we'll update them we'll check the email but there was like a sense of responsibility and i think that's um, you, you don't need that, right? You need to focus your energy on healing and understanding what's happening to you and being present. And I think when you start to, and this is a, this is really an opinion, you know, um, it varies from person to person. Like if I had her as a client, then okay, then I could be a little bit more specific, like, Hey, there's a history yeah. of X, Y, Z, but I really wanted this journey. I don't know. It's almost like I I, I to me, I was, I was concerned about external influence and picking up other people's energy and all of that stuff and not giving herself time to process it. And, uh, but we're here, we made it out. You know what I'm saying? I think she had a balance because she didn't really start sharing until what, like several months after. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah
2: Cause I, 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 it's Like I, I <laughs> went public, <laughs> I went public with my diagnosis only like in, um, I actually, if I'm looking back, I made like my first public post only after. Okay, so it was December. after then. Mm, so because and then I yeah. was diagnosed in May. Yeah. So it was like a good like you know yeah six months, which is a big deal. Like yeah, for me, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to, and I was like giving little hints, <laughs> like in my in my posts and stuff, like you know giving little hints, like you know, you know, um, what was it like? There was a quote like you're the
0: you. Have oh to yeah, live. that one. So, yeah, like,
2: you know the first. Your first, the second yeah like your second yeah. life starts when you realize that you only have one and like you know just making all these like you know quotes yeah some- <laughs> um but I didn't yeah I didn't like yeah it's go public until um until December when I my, when all my right. scans were clear yeah. and then I felt like oh I can talk about it because like mm. I don't have that pressure
0: yeah I think so, I think you make a good yeah. point with the pressure i'm yeah. I'm similar to Jenny where I, I sort of process things for myself first and then I kind of maybe tell a few people and then I you know kind of branch out I guess from there or what have you but I think yeah that whole pressure of kind of and I think we talked about it with ananda Lewis as well, but just that whole pressure of like going public in saying oh yes i have cancer that sort of a thing and for me it was part of the admitting process as well like just saying yes i do have cancer so when i said it out loud i actually did have cancer you know if i didn't say it out loud then i didn't have it yeah Yeah, it made it feel really real yeah and that's that's, that in itself is actually an awkward feeling when things you know it feels real oh yeah this is actually me (laughs) this you know i'm not reading about it in the paper it's not somebody else it's me okay how do i deal with that
2: yeah you know um Exactly, Carly. Yeah. yeah. You know, Alex Trebek, he was saying that he kind of regretted um, saying, like, telling, that like, going public with his diagnosis, Um, mm-hmm. you know, when he did. Because, yeah, because of, 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 like, that pressure, you know? It's like, you go public, like, once you go public, that's it. Like, you can't, you can't go back. And then, like, the eyes are on you. Which is why, like, you know, somebody like, you know, the Black Panther, yeah. like, Chad Boswick, Chad Boseman <laughs> okay Chad Boseman.
1: Chad you, got w- Chad. you got there you got there
2: Chadwick Boseman yeah you know like he didn't like it everybody happened. was shocked shocked when they found out he died they're like wait what he made like 10 movies with like cancer and you know because he knew that that was going to be the conversation that was going to dominate everything yeah. and people wouldn't actually mm. see him for his work yeah
0: and that's so, that's a that's a different yeah. sort of pressure actually. That pressure must be I mean really, really intense. But as as he was moving along, actually, he kind of did give out subtle hints, didn't he, with the different things that he did. But nobody picked up on it, did they? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Well yeah, there was one, you know, I yeah, mean, I, I know, some, like, I know gossip and stuff. <laughs> there was one there, <laughs> there was one um like um website that picked up on it like four okay. or five months before he died. And they said that, you know, that he had it. And then it was sad because he was losing <laughs> weight. He was, like, really skinny. And, like, the internet, like, they were so mean to him. They were, like, you know, coming up with all these theories about, like, why he was skinny and, like, all these things and, you know, like... Yeah, he and really he still took he it, didn't he? Through. He just
0: took it and rised above. He yeah, rised above. above exactly. yeah, he rised above. Yeah, he rised above. Yeah. And that's, um... Yeah, that, that, must, that must have been an awkward and a terrible sort of feeling for him, really. But he, um... He, he carried on with Grace, yeah. really. Um, and again, sorry that he passed. It's really sad. I'm also sad about Alex Trebek as well. Because, like, similar to you, Angie, I used to watch Jeopardy every, yeah. every day, you know, all the time with my family. That was our <laughs> thing. Yeah, and Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. Wheel of Fortune. At yeah, so we were like, yet, you know, started. that was our thing,
0: actually, um, watching those sort of trivia programs. Um, okay. Yeah, I suppose it's, there's lots of different, pressures lots of different circumstances with the cancer not necessarily pressures but there's lots of thoughts and feelings that really go on in in, in beside like the cancer patient's head and also like family and friends and all that sort of thing so obviously we know all that don't we we're doing it <laughs> um, but what are some some ways <laughs> uh jenny that you would recommend that a cancer patient and their family as well Um, could practice sort of coping like I know you guys are doing meditation at 1am tonight which is well impressive in Geneva time (laughs) Um, but uh, you know what are some other ways um, to sort of cope with these sort of feelings that we discussed for family and cancer patients obviously Angie and I you know we talk about meditation those sort of things Um, any other ideas suggestions
1: Yeah, there are so many, and I think you used exactly the right word, which is the word I love, coping, right? Because you cannot, um, you can't avoid the roller coaster of emotions that comes with this. You cannot protect your kids from their emotions, but you can support them in coping. You can't protect your partner. Like people are going to feel what they're going to feel. They're going to feel grief. They're going to feel Mm. anger, resentment, fear, all those things. And so really staying away from trying to protect people from their emotions like if you're if you find yourself saying but I don't want so and so to feel like you already know you're headed down the wrong direction right. there's nothing you can do about that and so um one of the things that came up so I'm glad you mentioned just the family because the way we look at it in my field right. I'm a systemic therapist and so in my field it's not just Angie who has cancer the fat there's a right. cancer diagnosis in the family right so the family is coping with it And so my whole thing is just like resources, 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 even if you don't think you'll need it, you know, try to identify a social worker. Therapy is excellent. Couples therapy is really great, especially when it comes to your uh, partner. There's such a sense of loss and helplessness that the individual may not be able to articulate because they don't want to burden you or so many, you know, mixed emotions with that. So highly recommend therapy. I uh, highly recommend creating some space to connect mm. outside of talking about the cancer. So just for creating a little pocket of time right. just to see each other again, because as like Angie says, the cancer becomes like another family member. Like it becomes like a baby. It mm. just, it, it sucks all the attention. And as odd as it sounds, resentments uh, come around a lot, You know what I mean? Um, sometimes kids even become symptomatic with their own thing. <laughs> in order to feel more aligned with the mom or to gain attention. It's just so many, it, it really kind of kicks off a lot of different things. And so creating some space just to be people, you know, is really important, whether it's a, a little mm. game, whatever you have energy for. Um, again, yeah, therapy. therapy yeah. Yes, therapy. <laughs> <laughs> right, so a dedicated. <laughs> um, what else? Educating yourself in terms of just a variety of things right. that you can do for you, right? So, like Angie got into drawing. I know that um, Angie's partner really is into exercise and biking, mm-hmm. and that's become a huge outlet for him. And we know that really to, um, in order to address like the stress cycle, you do have to have some type of physical way to shake things up. I'm reading a great yeah. book now called uh, about burnout, and it's one of the things that I um, I'm studying. But in order to really close that loop from fight, flight, freeze, you have to do the you have to exert that energy somehow. And it's through mm. some type of physical activity, whether it's walking or whatever it is. And so uh, really encouraging that. Um, encouraging having some serious conversations, you know, this is not for everybody, right. but about planning, right? Future mm. planning, whether or not you have cancer, estate planning is part of parenting, right. is part of being an adult. And so when there are those moments of calm, I definitely mm. encourage people to lean into them but also that might be a good time when you are in a state of least lower anxiety to think about, okay, what, what happens if something happens to you, something happens to me, can we do this now? And we can just pack it away and not have to think about yeah. it for another 20 years. Right. As opposed to seeing it as like, well, does this mean that you think I'm going to, you know what I mean? Just when you're kind of feeling very vulnerable, that's not the right. nice time to have those conversations. And, uh, yeah, I had, um. I've been through this situation yeah. a few times, twice <laughs> recently. So, and so, you know, just kind of taking advantage of those opportunities to, to have some of those conversations. Oh, yeah. Time to relaxation.
0: relaxation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: yeah. Journaling, <laughs> podcasting, you know, really like hacking your brain to support you in your healing journey. Honestly, um, just taking, taking a look, taking a look. At your life kind of from a higher overview, like a lens. Okay. Yeah. I think one thing that some people, when they're diagnosed with, uh, with an illness, it either like puts them into like, kicks them up into high gear or allows them to slow down or both, depending on whatever time. And when mm. you have those slow down moments, you start to just kind of revamp your life and prioritize and think about how you show up. And that's always a good thing. Um, yeah. We're just following through on that. Cause it's like you have a really good excuse to follow through, right? Yeah, yeah, if you cut yeah. Somebody off. This is a good time. <laughs> you can always you have permission. <laughs> you can use the cancer card. You can go ahead and do that to create some peace in your. I mean, life. I think okay? um. That I mean, I think having. Money.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, listening to you say all that sort of stuff. So obviously, it's a lot of like self care, talking, future planning. Kind of like things that are really adulting, really, when you talk about estate planning, like, you know, I feel like, oh, maybe I'm not old enough for that yet, but I think you're right. You have to kind of do it at some point, don't you? It's part of being a parent. It's part of being an adult, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously having those yeah. different outlets to sort of let let things go, to sort of deal with that fight, flight, sort of freeze stage. Um, I know with myself, actually, I get quite, I keep myself quite busy, but I think sometimes I avoid things. <laughs> So for me, it's really just kind of needing to slow down, really. And I'm trying to focus on that now, actually, just sort of focusing on what really matters to me. Like, if it doesn't matter, don't do it. And I think it might have taken me probably about four years to figure that out. But I think that's where I'm at in my, you know, sort of my life now, where I don't want to deal with things that are stressful. Like, I want to do things that bring me joy, you know, things that I enjoy. Um, and sometimes that's hard to say no as well, isn't it? But sometimes yeah. you just have to do that as part of your your self-care yeah. or what have you. And um, obviously with the educating yourself sort of thing, I feel like Angie and I are always reading up on things, aren't we, Angie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're
2: always, <laughs> always sending each other articles. Yeah, I mean, we could be like
0: said. some sort of doctors. Yeah. I don't know what kind yeah. it would be. <laughs> but. What, like, doctors that, like, sort of do, like, celebrity gossip, sort of do, you know, a variety of different things. <laughs> um, maybe, like, cancer, breast cancer, you know, a few yeah, different things. Lung yeah. cancer, just a variety of specialities. Um, but also sort of that, um, like, the different therapies that you talked about. And I think especially for, like, the children, because, you, as we said, it's like a, a family thing, uh, making sure they have a social worker or someone that they can chat with outside of, Their parent that's dealing with cancer or outside of the whole situation just so they can kind of reflect themselves and kind of not feel that pressure that a parent would sometimes feel as well um so those are really really key points um i actually went through the cancer journey with my aunt so she had died of colon cancer when she was 38 and she was going through a divorce at the time and she ended up moving in with my family and we kind of all went through that together when I was about 16. So I remember going through all those different stages and, and getting those, my parents were able to get those support systems in place for her children because they were six and eight at the time. So they were quite young. Um, but yeah, it's that really just that sense of, kind of like a sense of organizing, isn't it? <laughs> getting all your ducks in a row. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, basically, Yeah. yeah. And I think one way to think of it is to really, it's not, you're not preparing mm. for anything. You're freeing up space in your yeah. heart and mind yeah. to just focus on your wellness, right? You yeah. know, that, that's one and done and packed away, you know, the resources are in place and you can just really focus on getting mm. well, because especially women, mothers, you have a million and one things. Oh yeah. All the time. Open the <laughs> of your mind. So
0: right. So <laughs> the more
1: that you can shut down either by saying no yeah. to it, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore or by handling it the better it is ultimately and uh just to reduce that emotional labor it's called that's that's Um, good to know
0: actually yeah so i mean that kind of i think that was quite a i think we had quite a holistic chat then haven't we (laughs) would that be the right term (laughs) yeah this
2: is this is a really good conversation this is I think we'll will end up helping a yeah, lot. Yeah, these. Of I
0: mean, these yeah, we kind of summed people. up lots of different things, and yeah. it's it's also for people that don't have children as well. So it's just that holistic sort of approach to to dealing with cancer. We might have to have you on the show again, Jenny. <laughs> yes, I think we're oh, going
1: to have
0: to I come would, back. I'd be glad to. <laughs> yeah, cool. Just not at one a.m. our time. How's that sound?
2: <laughs> That's fine. <my laughs>
0: yeah time and on that day day note, day. ladies, I'd like to thank you, Jenny, for coming on the show it is It's nice to chat with you and it's it's brilliant that you and Andy are five days apart <laughs> from each other born I mean, I love that line, you know we've known each other for almost forty years. I love that um yeah, nice to meet you um if i'm ever am I ever able to go to philly obviously when COVID is done and dusted or what have you if I ever get back to the states um yeah, let's definitely connect um yeah.
1: Oh yes! Yeah. Oh cool! <laughs> like, sure. do want my <laughs> European
0: germs, right? Um... <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I
1: don't need them now, to say Angie. I must say, <laughs>
0: I think you need to give a big thank you to your cousin Jenny. So, yeah. what are you gonna? How are you gonna sum it up?
1: <laughs> oh yes,
2: of course, of course. I mean, she's like a lifeline. She's a she's an older sister <laughs> that I. <laughs> And then, No, actually, we call ourselves identical um twin cousins. you remember this? Um, oh yeah, that yeah. On Nick at night, Patty Duke, <laughs> and there was like a song, like, and they, the song was like, "They're cousins, identical cousins, yes they are."
0: And it's, like, <laughs> I'm actually dancing behind the scenes now. I like it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for coming on. Actually, I mean, one last yeah. point as well. I'd, I'd like to um. Say so. I've seen a picture of your mom, Angie, because you had posted a picture of your mom on your Facebook or whatever the other day. She, you look, you look a lot like her, don't you? Yeah. The same eyes. Yeah. 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 Very beautiful. I know. I do. I know. I. I guess I like. But you know
2: what? Now it's funny because like now that my my hair's growing back now, but you know when I was like, bald, <laughs> like oh my gosh,
0: you look. Oh, it's like funny. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I got <laughs> as well, actually, because my dad yeah. has those yeah. um those natural sort of um I guess you would say like wrinkles on his forehead and I've got those (laughs) so those were those were in full effect (laughs) when I I had no hair I was like oh my gosh I (laughs) have my dad (laughs) cool well ladies let's leave you to the meditation let me know how Mm -hmm. you get on maybe I'll join you one day um maybe not if if I can stay up that late I don't know if I can (laughs) It, oh yeah, that you. is true and actually. So it's night. only midnight. Yeah. So, maybe a few, maybe yeah. I'll have to have a few extra yeah. coffees and I can stay up that late. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, talk to yeah. you guys later. Have a good one. <laughs> okay, enjoy your session. Okay, bye. Right.
1: Bye. Very bye. Nice. Bye, Gary. bye.
0: Cracking Cancer Chit Chat is where we are at, folks.
2: Keeping it real and letting
0: you in on how we really feel. It ain't easy for us, and we hope you never join our cancer team. Know what we mean? But if you or yours do,
2: we're here for you.
0: So check yourself and be the best version of you. It's all all you you can can do. do. Bye, okay. Andy. Yeah. That was that wasn't oh. too bad actually.